Lasers, Dragons, and Keyboards does not necessarily endorse any authors, opinions, or small animals expressed on the show. The show may not be suitable for adults, children, childish adults, or people with sensitivities to light, sound, or strong or weak opinions. Consult your doctor if you get a rash. Cookies will be provided if needed, but we will not waive the fee. I will try and interrupt you to make it difficult to edit, because I find that amusing. Now, you see how I timed that? Just as she was taking a drink. You know, I do have controls, and I can put you on mute. Can we find our way out of this uh, maze of rabbit trails? Embrace the rabbit trail. <laughs> so, I'm sorry that my interview has put your butt to sleep. <laughs> you are listening to the Lasers, Dragons, and Keyboards podcast, featuring interviews with your favorite speculative fiction authors. We'll be discussing their books, their fandoms, and their writing processes. So sit back and enjoy another exciting episode with your hosts, Aaron, Josh, and Liberty. Welcome to Lasers, Dragons, and Keyboards. I'm Liberty Spidell, one of your hosts, and this is episode 75 of our show. Today, we are very happy to have with us for the first episode of 2018, which was recorded in 2017, uh, KM or Kayla Daly. She is the winner of our contest with Laura Van Arendonk Bob to write a short story featuring Samwise Gamgee and River Song. So today, she is putting us on the hot seat. We're talking to her about some of the things that she enjoys and her view of speculative fiction. And then she uh, has done the great honor of reading her short story, uh, which comes at the end of the show. I know you're going to want to listen to that. It is hilarious. It's also on our website, lasersdragonsandkeyboards.com. So if you go to today's episode show notes, it will be there at the bottom after all of the information that is so important to uh, what's going on in this episode. So in addition to Kayla's short story, we also talk about our Harry Potter houses, her inspiration for the short story, Christmas trees made out of books. Uh, I actually admit to having lower standards in my reading. Uh, which you'll have to figure out why that is. Uh, we also discuss the ever-present need for more bookcases. And I'm getting to think that it's starting to be a theme with Josh and me that we can't get through more than a couple of episodes without m- mentioning Harry Dresden. So Harry does come up. That's by Jim Butcher. If you haven't read the series, Josh and I love it. Aaron hasn't read it. So go read it. Make your own judgments. Uh, we also discuss um, the upcoming changes to Doctor Who and what Kayla's uh, thoughts are on having a female doctor. So uh, we're going to leave you with that for now. And I hope you enjoy our interview with Kayla. And you can find out more about Kayla on her YouTube channel. She is the... Uh, snarky physicist over there on YouTube. There's a link in our show notes. Um, and she's just really fun to have on, and I think you're going to enjoy her. So thank you for coming on the show, Kayla. And here is our show. Welcome to Lasers, Dragons, and Keyboards. I'm Liberty Spidell. I'm Josh Hart. And I don't know who I am again this week either. <laughs> well, we're glad to have whoever you are with us anyway. Yeah, I was not prepared this week, so yeah. 
Well, that sounds like the whole show is going to be that way. So maybe uh, you actually are setting us up on a good foot. Uh -oh. The off-the-cuff show. <laughs> It'll be fun. So today on the show, we are thrilled to have with us K.M. Daly, also known as Kayla. And she is the winner of our long-ago contest with Laura Van Arendonk Ba to put Sam Wise Gamgee from Lord of the Rings and River Song from Doctor Who together in a flash fiction short story. And her story just had us in stitches and we loved it. So thank you for coming on, Kayla. We are thrilled to have you. I'm happy to be here. Hey, well, why don't, we don't know anything about you really. So <laughs> a little bit about yourself. All right. Um, so I'm a nerd and uh, I liked the title very much, Lasers, Dragons, and Keyboards. Um, I was a physics major. I'm a high school physics teacher um, and I write science fiction. I also do uh, a vlog on YouTube about science fiction and science and teaching and different things. And um, so that's who I am. Well, awesome. Well, good to have you on the show. Thank you. So when you got the writing prompt for our short story contest, um, what gave you the idea to go the direction that you did? Um, so I've always been a little bit more of a plot-based um, plot based writer. So I started thinking a little bit more about how to combine the worlds of Doctor Who and Lord of the Rings um, and figured the character interactions would just happen if I did that. Um, so I uh, came up with some ideas for how those worlds could kind of overlap with each other. Um, the other fun thing is that uh, River Song was my favorite character in Doctor Who and Sam Wyatt's Gamgee is my husband's favorite character in Lord of the Rings. So I saw that and I was like, this is so perfect. <laughs> and he helped me with it too. Um, so I got up my post-its, which is how I do my brainstorming for writing and just started uh, putting colored post-its on the wall and it just happened. <laughs> That's awesome. Cool. Do you guys have a question? <laughs> this sure, is going to be interesting because right. normally, normally we go off of a script. So, so, oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so do you have, besides the flash that uh, you did for the contest, uh, do you have anything that you're currently working on? Um, I am working on a few different things. There's a book that I have pretty well polished and I'm trying to place. Um, I haven't gotten anywhere yet, but working on that. And then I am uh, working on a book that I did for NaNoWriMo, uh, submitting some other short stories that I've written. So uh, I'm feeling like I've spent a few years now working on my craft and getting my writing to be better and writing some different things. And now I'm at the point of submitting like mad and uh, <laughs> hoping something sticks. And that just started know that feeling. recently. <laughs> my, yeah. uh, 20, my 2018 resolution is 100 rejections. <laughs> so <laughs> that's it. I'm hoping by the end of that, I can't even feel that. <laughs> that's actually a good goal. <laughs> Maybe there will be some acceptances in there. Wouldn't that be amazing? 
<laughs> now, is this going to be all for the same project, or are you going to? No. Be- <laughs> No, I'm, I'm like, that's pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing for one no. novel. I'm hoping that um, uh, my, my goal right now, I'm looking for an agent, looking to um, submit a lot of short stories, though. I'm hoping most of those will be on short stories. <laughs> I would not want to get 100 rejections on the same novel. That is definitely a sign that it probably needs some help. <laughs> you know, I, I don't. I don't know if I could name a hundred different publishers. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but you can make a list of a hundred. Uh, you can make a list of a hundred short story magazines, and if you're mm-hmm. doing multiple stories, then you can definitely get it. Get to that number that way. <laughs> yeah, you never know, though. You hear stories like uh, Harry Potter being rejected a whole bunch of times before it was published. Bush, so you never That's know. That's true. That's true. And I'm mean, thinking about. Yeah. yeah, I'm thinking. I've always thought about Harry Potter, and you know, I love that series. But when I read it, I try to imagine how I would sell that if I were trying to. And it, I think it probably would have been a pretty hard sell. So I can understand mm-hmm. that taking some time. Yeah, you should hear uh, Dave Farland's story about how he convinced Scholastic to go with that. Yes, I heard that story too. That was amazing. <laughs> so, what subgenre of sci-fi do you write? Um. How specific do I break it down? Because uh, in the category of like thrillers, um, however I, you want to. <laughs> I, you know, I, I write in the category of like thrillers. Uh, my science fiction tends to be a little bit more hard. It's uh, tends to be more science based. Um, and if I wanted to really, really break it down, my favorite thing to write about is human experimentation. Ooh, so kind of dark. <laughs> <laughs> I did a little bit of time bending stuff. So, well, if you're a physics instructor, I mean, it kind of makes sense that you're hard sci-fi. But isn't that getting a little away from the physics background? Um, is, is what getting away from the the physics background? Human ins- experimentation. Um, she had a minor the way I'm writing it. <laughs> not the way I'm writing it. I mean, um, I took enough classes in other sciences that I can make my way by and I have other friends who can uh who can spot me on anything that's totally off but um not genetic experimentation I had a little bit of a time bending human experimentation type of thing going so cool actually more physics (laughs) yeah uh so do you bring your love of sci-fi like into the classroom at all Yes, not always intentionally. It sometimes happens. Um, but the kids love that because sometimes I'll be talking about something and they'll be like, Hey, have you seen the flash? And I'll be like, yes, of course I've seen the flash, you know? And they'll be like, well, do you remember this one scene, uh, where he runs into this building and then this happens? And I'm like, yes, I can explain to you why that's not possible, but also say that I really, really enjoy it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but they really enjoy bringing up stuff. There was one day when they just rapid fire were naming all these scenes and I was able to tell them about every single one. I did not miss a reference. <laughs> so that was That's fun. awesome. And they do ask about everything. <laughs> well, then you would probably know about the book, The Physics of Superheroes by James Cacalios. I will check that out. List. Yeah, I've been 
I don't do much physics, just I didn't get that high in science class, mm -hmm. but um, it's kind of an interesting read. I read a little bit every now and then because it's mm -hmm. just so meaty. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, now you're starting to talk about equations and stuff that I really don't get. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And, well, one of the classes I teach is uh, conceptual physics, which does not go deep into the math. So that's a little more accessible, but... Um, I don't know. People tend to like to get into the math. My books, of course, don't get into the math. You know? <laughs> I'm not doing that. There are no <laughs> equations in my science fiction. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> uh, so, uh, you you write hard sci-fi, so you don't use technobabble then? Um, if there is technobabble, it all makes sense. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, I sometimes compare watching science fiction as a scientist to be like if you were watching a movie that was like in another language but you knew that language and there were subtitles and the subtitles didn't match what they were saying like when people are talking science you know what it's supposed to mean but i'm listening to him being like doesn't mean that yeah. <laughs> but you know yeah I, I know the feeling my day job is a linux so sad man so anytime oh, yeah Anytime computers are on a TV show or something, <laughs> I'm just busting up laughing and my wife's all, yeah. oh, no, just let it go. <laughs> Come on, this is, this is a comedy here. I mean, <laughs> I didn't know anything else was supposed to be a comedy, but, but this scene is gold. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, people typing on the same keyboard at once to stop a hacker? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Real scene in that show, by the way, for anybody who's listening. Okay. What show? NCIS. Oh, yes. Interesting. Why would you be on the same keyboard? That was what I was asking. <laughs> and I was busting up laughing. My wife said, you're spoiling the show. It was supposed to be a dramatic moment. And then Gibbs goes around back and pulls the Ethernet cable. And it's like, yeah, see, that's what you're supposed to do to stop hackers. However, <laughs> he pulled it from the workstation and not the server they were accessing. But that's a different rant. So. <laughs> <laughs> so um i hear you have some questions for us kayla yeah i mean um i'm not sure how much of this you've uh answered on your show in the past i haven't watched every single episode um i'm curious how you guys got started podcasting like why podcasting specifically and how you all met up and Blame no, Liberty. What is your story? It's all Liberty's fault. <laughs> yeah, it's all my fault. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if we've actually shared that story on the show before. Um, I'd been thinking about having a podcast for a while and just didn't really want to do it by myself. Um, and then I happened to meet Aaron and Josh at Realmakers in 2015 in St. Louis, and kind of hit it off with them. And after uh, Realmakers kind of started thinking, you know, this is, I think we could make something work here. And so I asked them and um, they thought about it and talked to their wives and agreed. Obviously and said yes. <laughs> obviously. And uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm a hologram. <laughs> we made him up. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we, we started doing some planning and uh, 
really took some time to discuss what we were wanting to do with the show and um that's no 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 wait 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 we shouldn't actually tell people we planned this <laughs> people who have listened to the show before are never gonna believe that <laughs> good point you might be right you might be right <laughs> So, so we started uh, releasing episodes in January of uh, sixteen, and so we are almost it's up all to been two downhill years. from there. <laughs> We've been going at this for almost two years. So nice, that's awesome. <laughs> What's been like your proudest moment making this show? Interviewing uh, Ben Wolf about marketing, which you up till that point had been our least favorite question. <laughs> Yes, and then we basically had to pause the show for 20 minutes because we were laughing so hard. Um, <laughs> um, on, you know, my favorite moment was when uh, we had we had a guest host and we interviewed Liberty. <laughs> that that was fantastic. <laughs> that was pretty fun. I honestly, Tos having Tosca Lee, who's a New York Times bestselling author. You know, our high point, at least for Especially me. Especially the lost food episode. Oh, yes. yeah. We had to take an episode down. She had been like sick or something sick. and decided she was, yeah, she decided she didn't like that episode. She So she came back and re recorded with us. It was really cool. Oh, wow. But, it was um, so much fun, though. Yeah, that, that <laughs> yeah. one episode was all about food. She had just gotten back from the grocery store and. It was hilarious. The entire episode was a side rant about food. It was great. <laughs> yes. yes. And if you've ever, you know, watched Tosca's, you know, social media or anything, you know that food is like a big deal for her. Okay. <laughs> Especially bacon. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I, I think one uh, realm makers, she came dressed as a piece of bacon for the wow. dinner. Yeah. Wow. So that's amazing. <laughs> she had a bacon dress and everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So, so that one was pretty fun. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> nice. The other episode where Liberty couldn't make it again, it was just Josh and I running the show. That was a lot of fun, too. I'm pretty sure that show doesn't make much sense in retrospect, but it was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it was. Um, it's, it's interesting to see how our, our personalities have melded into this this strange beast that and it and it works um yep. well and it works especially well when liberty's around to keep uh aaron and i less random than we normally are mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we, we kind of go off the rails more than usual when she's not here <laughs> got it <laughs> yeah it and sometimes very that often, but sometimes it does happen <laughs> out of necessity so <laughs> yep. So what else you gotta throw at us, Kayla? Um, so we were talking about Harry Potter earlier. I'm curious if you have Hogwarts houses. I have <laughs> to admit, I have never read Harry Potter. It was okay. on my new list this year. Okay. Um, but I uh, just haven't gotten around to it because I've been so busy with the show and my own writing. So okay. Uh, okay. I told that um, I would probably be a Ravenclaw. Okay, but I don't know that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, again, again, well, I'll let Josh go first. Go for it. Oh, okay, uh, I I haven't read the books uh, for uh, for reasons, but I've seen the I've seen the movies, um, and okay. I like I like some of the world building. 
and I am a Ravenclaw. Um, and my hybrid house is um, Slitherclaw. Um, <laughs> and I can't remember what American Hogwarts or American Harry Potter house I am, but the American analog for uh, Ravenclaw, basically. Okay. So there you go. Yeah. I don't know the American ones either. So. <laughs> I mean, I'm actually starting to look pretty good here because I've read the first Harry Potter book, but none of the rest of them. <laughs> so I'm doing better than Josh and Liberty. So I, I read the first book and thought it was a, it was a decent story. It was okay, but it didn't anywhere near live up to the hype. It, everybody was like, "Oh, this is the best book oh. ever!" And I'm reading it, going, "Yeah, this is a good book, but I've read lots of better books." So I don't know, that's me. And then my wife has read the whole series, and she said it got really dark, and just about almost everybody died at the end. I was like, "Hey, I really, really hate that," so I'm not going to bother to read on. But I have taken a couple of different tests, and I am totally a Ravenclaw. Okay. And my wife was looking at it, and she was going, I wonder what house I'd be in. I'm like, dude, you are totally Hufflepuff. She's like, really? <laughs> yes. Like, yes. Yes. <laughs> so how about you, Kayla? Well, when I actually take quizzes, they keep asking questions that really correspond to core values. Um, and then I, I always feel very compelled to choose the ones that have to do with moral rightness and truth and you know being a good person and stuff like that even though i don't feel like i fit into hufflepuff very well that's where they end up assigning me because <laughs> i guess i have a core value of morality or something like that um right. so it's not an insult um i i would typically more put myself as a Apple, uh, or as a as a Ravenclaw, but um, I always kind of wish I was a Gryffindor, but I'm kind of scared of everything. I'm a person who has uh, nightmares about like going into battle with something, and I'm like supposed to be like the hero character in this story, and I run away. This is like a recurring <laughs> thing for me. I'm supposed to be the brave person, and I run away. <laughs> so I'm like a wannabe Gryffindor, basically. Well, <laughs> Lenny Python, you're brave, Sir Robin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <Pencil>. exactly. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> well, I just I wanted to ask that because it feels like that sometimes tells you about people's personality or something. I don't know mm -hmm. where they place themselves or where their friends place them. <laughs> yeah. Well. We have a bunch of uh, Ravenclaws around here, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of writers are. Uh, yeah, or, or in other words, nerds! <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, aside, uh, a little aside, which may be cut, um, but oh. you guys might find it interesting. Um, I can't read Harry Potter because it's the only book series ever that gives me nightmares. Oh, wow. Now, and that now, is weird, considering some of the other stuff that I know you've read. I've, I've read... Oh, my goodness, you've read I, I mean, you've Butcher. Read, you've read some of the stuff that I won't read because it's too scary for me, and yet... <laughs> yes. Okay. I, I read Call of Cthulhu at seven years old, but <laughs> Harry Potter is the thing that... The only book series that's ever given me nightmares. Actually, that's you not true. You are now entering the Twilight Zone. Um, th th that's not true. Um, 
Reading the book uh, Pet Cemetery that also gave me nightmares. Yeah, that's but one I want to read. That, but, yeah. So, oh my goodness, I'm an overactive yeah. dreamer. Um, I have dream experiences sometimes of you know average two three hours a night. Like I feel like it's been two three hours, and I've had them up to ten years. Um, <laughs> so wow. everything gives me nightmares. So I might as well just read. Whatever I want. <laughs> 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 yeah, right. So, so what? Uh, what's if you had to choose a favorite book or a favorite series? Uh-huh. What would you choose? Um, I have like favorite books from different categories. Like I still have a soft spot in my heart for children's series, uh, series of unfortunate events, but. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> because <laughs> I'm a dark satirical person like that sometimes um, but uh, I love Ender's Game by Orson Scott Card and in more recent stuff The Three Body Problem by I think his name is pronounced Shishin Liu um, it's a I don't know it's a science fiction uh, alien species lives on a planet that orbits around three stars, which is a chaotic system, which means they don't have regular years or, or weather systems or anything like that. Their, their planet can be flown so far. Yeah. There's no regular cycles. Um, and so, uh, they're trying to survive with that. And then they find that about earth, which has, you know, these nice predictable day night cycles and year cycles and stuff. And they're like, Oh yeah, we're going to take your planet now. (laughs) (laughs) So. <laughs> that sounds fascinating. That does sound fascinating. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty good. That's that's a little more recent. It was translated from Chinese, so we uh, we Americans only recently got to uh, experience that. So we, what are you reading? Speakers. So what are you reading right now? Um, right now I'm reading Hard Times by Charles Dickens. <laughs> Uh, um, Dickens. I like. Uh, I like Dickens. I like. Uh, I like classic literature. <laughs> I like that. But um. But I've got a long list. Um, my husband and I made a system for ourselves where we make a long list of books we want to read. When we've read half of the number on that list, we're allowed to buy half the number of books we've read. Because otherwise we buy too many books. It's probably then, not a bad system, and I would do be way behind on that if I used that system. Yeah, we end up just buying books anyway, so it doesn't work out. <laughs> 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 All right, well, so we buy yeah. really, like, relatively cheap books, but then we have to buy bookcases because we run out of space, and that's expensive. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. I need a couple, four or five more bookcases. Yeah. yeah, I'm in trouble because I, I come in, I live out in the country and I come into town to record the show because of better internet. And okay. I'm at my library and I walked in and they're like, they're having a pre-Christmas library or library sale. And I'm like, ooh, I'm going to have to look when I leave. Uh-oh. <laughs> yes. uh, I'm going to get in trouble. Because <laughs> I've got two huge bookcases in my house and both of them are pretty much filled so the extra books that i've bought are sitting on top of the other books only two oh they're really big bookcases (laughs) so (laughs) 
Yeah. The other day, my husband and I were going to set up our Christmas tree and then we were like, oh, we need to like move some bookcases out of the way to make that happen. Oh, but we were going to move this one bookcase into another room. You know, we have a couple more bookcases to set up. Okay. We need to take all the books out of this shelf. We didn't put up our Christmas tree. We just reorganized our books. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I try and clean the library too. Yeah. <laughs> That sounds like something I would do too. <laughs> we had a great time. <laughs> I, I almost got that. I almost got caught in that trap when I was getting the Christmas tree set up this year. It was like, oh wait, I, these books need to be reorganized. Trouble, shuffle, shuffle. Yeah, don't have time for this right now. <laughs> Maybe yep. it would be just easier to make a Christmas tree out of all of our books. Right. Hey, I saw something like that on Facebook somewhere, and it was really cool. Yeah, think. I think a library has, uh, several libraries have done that. I probably have enough books to do it. Yeah. Well, I know I do. I could probably do one entirely of Nancy Drew books. Well, considering. <laughs> there you go. They only, they only made like 50 Nancy Drew books. Unless, but course, there's, there's, they continued that series later on in the seventies. Yeah, then they, they came out with Hardy Boys books, and those ones are not readable. Eh, I read them, but you know, I have low standards, I guess. So, yeah. well, the the, <laughs> but, the big beef against the Hardy Boys books was when they picked them back up in the seventies, they killed off a main character, and that is no. One you're, way you're talking about the case files; those are different. And yes, they did kill yeah. her off. That was not fun. I'm yeah, and, and if you want to make me stop reading your work, kill off a character that I like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll drop you like a hot potato. <laughs> well, so much for you reading the Dresden Trials. He uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> still should at least read through changes. Yeah. I want to read at least the first one. Yeah. Well, you need to, if you read the first one, you have to read at least the first three. That, uh, that, you've got to do they, that. They, did they go the Tolkien route and write one, um, one book that's really three books, or three books that's really one book? No. Oh, it's okay. just, it, you just have to kind of read them as trilogies through the series. Yeah. So. So. We're, we're big Dresden fans around here, Kayla. Okay. <laughs> Except for me who hasn't read them yet, and everybody's telling me I should, so. Have you read the Dresden Files? I don't think so. No, Wizards in in uh, Chicago. So okay. great urban fantasy. It's awesome. Um, and it, it the the most recent book is the only book ever that in the same bus ride to work made me cry, laugh, and then get so angry that I threw the book across the bus. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty impressive. And everybody else on the bus had, already, had slowly shuffled toward the other end of the bus and was casting in weird looks. It was an empty bus. I was the only passenger, and I okay. knew the bus driver. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> sure, sure. So do you have any other questions for us, Kayla? <laughs> um, that, was, that was my list. Um, I can think up more questions, but... <laughs> Do we have any more questions for her, guys? <laughs> Who's your favorite superhero? Who's my favorite superhero? You know what? Um, I'm not as into superheroes as uh, <clears throat> as uh, all my specular friends seem to be. I still I still watch superhero stuff. I mean, uh, being married to my husband, I kind of have to, but it's not bad. Uh, I actually really like Spider-Man. <laughs> Hey, that works. Um, and my favorite movie that we went to saw that was a superhero movie, I really liked Ant-Man. 
That was a lot of fun. I thought that it was, was a really fun. fun movie. It was a great heist superhero movie. Yeah. I don't know. I had fun watching it. I really one, liked so the sidekick in that one. He was hilarious. Yes. Oh my goodness. That was kind of what made it. <laughs> <laughs> the scenes where someone else's mouth is moving, but he's talking, you know, yes. uh, <laughs> it was pretty great. Okay. I'm in the library. That's I got to go make sure I grab that one on the way out the door. <laughs> got it. It's been a while since I've seen it. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I mean, I've seen movies from most superheroes. Um, but uh, there's, there's certain similarities between them, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I like to... So, I, I like the more sciencey ones, I guess, just because mm-hmm. of where I'm at. <laughs> so... So, so do you sit and nitpick like if you're watch? Because uh, you mentioned the Flash, do you sit and nitpick like when you're watching Iron Man and you know Tony Stark's super brilliant sciency stuff? And it's like, <laughs> no, no, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. You know? No, I'm not the obnoxious person who does that out loud while I'm watching something, unless it's really astonishingly bad. Um, there, sometimes it's just like I understand you know, the need to throw in some stuff that doesn't actually make sense. And I can sympathize with the level of rigor that they want to achieve, and that's fine. But then when students ask, I give them everything. I mean, yesterday I had students calculating the force that Lois Lane would experience when Superman swooped in to save her. And I gave them like categories of if it's this much force, she's fine. If it's this much, she's, uh, you know, unconscious. If it's this much, she's injured. If it's this much, she is dead. And she was dead in this problem. She was actually, she was very dead. (laughs) That's awesome. We're going to need a bop to scrape her up at this point. Right. And, uh, And the kids are like, wait, wait. But then why did he? And I'm like, yeah, actually, in this scene, it would have been physically better for her, him to let her hit the ground. <laughs> she would have had oh a better my. chance of surviving. Wow. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But I don't do that, like, while I'm watching a movie or anything like that. It's, a, you know, when my students ask later that I'm that person who ruins it for them forever. <laughs> All right. But they like yeah. it, so. <laughs> so. So with Superman Returns, uh, I actually had a beef when, spoilers for, like, a decade-old movie, guys. Um <laughs> When he picks up the kryptonite, basically the kryptonite island, um, I, I had a real problem with that because it doesn't matter how strong he is. Tiny little, basically it's a needle trying to pick up uh, a table. Uh, so it's the, the point, you know, he'd actually push his way through the thing. <laughs> yeah, and I mean... Sometimes when I'm watching those kind of movies or shows, I have to just kind of tell myself, okay, that's part of the superpower. It's not just strength. It's the ability to distribute weight. It's the ability to pick up someone and speed them up really, really fast without killing them. Yeah, he's Um, he's, he's and doesn't know it. Sure, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we're just going to go with that because otherwise that's And we won't talk about the Fantastic (laughs) Four movies. (laughs) (laughs) Those I actually haven't seen, so. uh, (laughs) Don't waste your time. Okay. <laughs> I really enjoyed the Fantastic Four cartoons and comics. The movies, not so much. Okay. 
Yeah. I mean, the first one was watchable, but I did enjoy really the good. one. I did enjoy the one that they made before, you know, the big superhero hype um, with the guy who was in the commish. I and I don't know what he's been in since then, but yeah, I did like that one, but I haven't seen the other ones. Don't. <laughs> um, okay, so so uh, another random question, Uh-oh. since that it's random question Saturday. Um, do you have a favorite quote from Specfec? Um, I'm gonna have to think about this. I'm kind of thinking through some of the monologues in Doctor Who. Just there are some incredible monologues in Doctor Who. In uh, like season one of a new series, for instance, when uh, the Doctor's talking to Rose and talking about, you know, being able to feel the motion of the earth. Um, that was just an incredible speech. It doesn't make sense physically, but that's one of the things that's so great about it. <laughs> um, I don't know, but just like one-liners. I loved when... Um, when the doctor said, uh, in 9,000 years of time and space, I've never met anybody who wasn't important. That's one of my favorites. I love that. Yeah, that's a great that quote. A great yeah. Um, I don't know if I can say that's my favorite quote of all time. There's just so many great quotes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so are you looking forward to the new doctor? I don't know. I kind of... Um, I kind of didn't watch the most recent series. I just, um, mm-hmm. the way work is gone, I don't always want to um, come home and watch heavy stuff necessarily. So I end up watching kids shows, and, you know, um, hanging out with my little, I have a very young sister-in-law, um, but I'll talk to her about stuff with, cause she's like eight years old. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's adorable. But, uh, yeah, I haven't, I'm kind of out of the loop on that right now. Uh, mm. I'm trying to watch my way through again. I kind of got to season two and then I got busy with things and writing and mm-hmm. all this other stuff. Um, but when I'm watching stuff like Doctor Who or other intense, like speculative series, it takes the same amount of mental energy as reading a book. So then I try to like, Go read a book, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know. Um, so I don't know. I guess uh, I'll find out when I get caught up. Whether I'm looking for <laughs> what? What about you? Um, I haven't seen the most recent series either. Um, okay. But I'm kind of I'm kind of on the fence. I mean, I I don't know whether I'm happy that they are going to change genders or not. Right. But. I can see that, you know, within the laws of the world and the universe that it's allowable. So I'm just hoping that they do a good job with her. You know, right. that they don't, you know, turn it into, you know, feminism rocks type stuff. I want it to actually be a good character development that that feeds off of, you know, the previous incarnations of the character. Right, because so. as soon as the show becomes, we're going to spout our political beliefs instead of writing a story, that's yeah. not a fun show to watch. <laughs> and that's what yeah. was kind of my fear when they when they did that. I'm like, okay, I don't have anything specifically exactly against having a female doctor, but 
why are you doing that? Are you doing that because there's something you want to do with the story because of that? Or do you just want to mm-hmm. be all political? Is that where yeah, we're going? That's what, I'm, <laughs> that's what I'm worried about is that it's just going to be political and it'll take the, yeah. take it downhill. And then, you know, there won't be any Doctor Who until 2045 when they reboot it again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll watch then. Yeah, <laughs> if they do it again, I will be there. <laughs> I was at the 50th anniversary special in theaters. You know, I'll be oh, at the hundred. They do it. That, that was that was such a great episode. It was. It was a good episode. It was so much fun to be in theaters because everybody's there and everybody's dressed up and everybody's excited. Everybody's cheering. I did have to go home and watch it again later because I missed a few lines. Um, yeah. but it was a great experience. Cool. Timey wimey. I have no idea where he's <laughs> I know. The screwdrivers. What are you going to do? Assemble a cabinet at me? <laughs> 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 so who, which doctor is your doctor kayla um so uh to back this up uh my favorite character trope is the whimsical tragedy which i see come up in a lot of places so i love 11 because he's the whimsical tragedy he's really yes. really goofy and he displays so many emotions in his face at the same time that just breaks my heart mm-hmm. so and i also um I take so much inspiration from Stephen Moffat, um, who writes really dark stuff and sometimes oversteps his bounds, I feel. But on the whole, <laughs> on the whole, when you watch the show and it's one of his episodes, you know it's gonna stand out in some way. Um, so I loved those seasons for that, and I I love the eleventh doctor. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> Eleven was my first doctor, so I have a very my deep first also. <laughs> very deep affinity for Matt Smith. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, he's, uh, t- 10, 10 was my first doctor, but 11 has grown to be my favorite because you're right. He, he's just so, you know, he, he's the one who looks like the child, but there's so much wisdom and pain there. Yeah. And, you know, I, I love that sort of, sort of a uh, character. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. How about you, Aaron? <laughs> uh, I'm not much of a terribly big Doctor Who fan. I've seen an episode Get or two out. here and there or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's one of those that's like, all right, this is a little spooky. <laughs> well, um, I, first, I first started watching Doctor Who back, oh, when I was, uh, I don't even remember when. Sometime during the 80s, we'd come home after church and... <laughs> <laughs> had to turn the TV on, and they'd be playing Star Trek, Battlestar Galactica, and Doctor Who reruns. So that's how we'd spend our Sunday afternoon. That works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I wasn't really into TV shows before I started watching Doctor Who. I had never watched a, a TV show with a continuous story like that, actually. Um, mm-hmm. And my then-boyfriend, now-husband, <laughs> had been bugging me to watch the show, and he did not think I would be super into it. So he just opened me with the season he thought I'd like the most, which was a <laughs> move and not always the move he'd made in the past. In the past, he had sometimes purposely showed me the most boring episode to start of a show. <laughs> and 
He's like, but I wanted you to have a way to work up. And I'm like, well, that's not going to work out because I'm not going to watch it anymore. So he had learned his lesson by this time. Um, and uh, so he showed me season one of, or season five, episode one, the uh, the 11th hour. And um, as soon as he starts eating everything in Amelia Pond's kitchen and throwing things out the window. And uh, there's one scene where he's, he's sitting down with her and he's going, uh, she's terrified of this crack in her wall. And he's going, um, you're not scared of anything. This man lands in your backyard and pops out of the box and you're just sitting there. So that's gotta be one heck of a scary crack in your wall. And I'm just like, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> he understands <laughs> And I was sold. I was hooked completely. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I like to say that we got everybody in our city into that show because everybody who I know in our town who watches it watches it because either because of him or because of someone he got to watch it. <laughs> so that that's impressive. Yeah. Or they watch it because they knew I watched it. Like I work with a lot of little kids. And so they kind of hear that I watched that show. So they check it out. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, there's a huge explosion of fandom in our town pretty much because of him, <laughs> <laughs> awesome. which is fine with me. The more people are watching and reading speculative fiction, the happier I am because that's good mm -hmm. for me. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You'll, you'll have a local audience when uh, you're ready uh, uh, to have your release party. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, before you, we got started recording this show, you mentioned that you hope to have a hundred rejections. Yes. By the end of next year. That's yeah. kind of an ambitious goal. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got a few short stories I've been kind of submitting around. Um, I'm still working on submitting a, um, a novel I'm working on. Hopefully most of those will be in short stories because I'd like to actually get somewhere with this novel. I have been working on it for a lot of years. Um, <laughs> um, but my hope is it, because 100 in a year works out to about two per week. And my hope is by the end of the year, I can't really feel them. And then <laughs> it's all good. I've gone numb. <laughs> but I, I'll have to decide what qualifies as a rejection because often people just don't respond and that's mm -hmm. sometimes more common and then actually getting uh, so I'm not really going with a hundred rejection letters so much as 100 failed attempts I guess mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I mean if I could get a hundred rejection letters that'd be, be like 300 rejections but I don't oh. think I can submit that much <laughs> <laughs> just just uh submit one thing a day yeah submit one thing yep. a day well yep. then, I, then i end up turning to purposely submitting garbage just so i can get through the hope <laughs> is to eventually have some acceptances in there along with the rejections um but in the meantime i've been um just uh, i started a youtube channel a few months ago you know, and that's been nice because nobody has to accept it. They just watch it or they don't watch it. And my students do actually go in and watch it. And then it's like, okay, I've got this one little area. There's a few people who think I'm great. And then I'll go to my email inbox and I'll have, you know, down the line, people who think I can't do anything. <laughs> <So> <laughs> 
<laughs> so it kind of balances out or something. But, you know, hopefully by the end of the year, I won't be able to feel it anyway. Because <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. So, well, do you have any other questions for us that you have thought of or? Um, you want to know anything about writing? Yeah. Um, so from, from starting to write the first, your first book or whatever to finally being published, what was the period of time? I started writing my uh, first book in, as a teenager, but I didn't end up publishing those or the subsequent books in the series that I was working on. Um, I did not publish my first book until I was 32. Okay. So um, it was quite a long time. <laughs> but you know, I, I got married in that time. I had kids in that time. And I took my son, my youngest, through a bone marrow transplant, which is actually the impetus for me um, going on to publish was um, the summer after that. It was when I first published my my first book. So um, it was a very big catalyst in in moving me forward. So wow, yeah, Aaron. Yeah, I think it was like seven years ish, give or take, a three or four. Between uh, starting to write and actually getting it published, mm -hmm. his his story is a little more normal than um, some authors. So. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, so I've I've been a storyteller for a quarter of a century. Uh, I didn't really start like writing my first novel until 2014, and I just pitched it at Realmakers. Uh, a few months ago, mm -hmm. so three three years and change uh, so far, um, and we'll see how long it takes <laughs> until it's that's, actually published. That's exactly my timeline almost. <laughs> um, oh, though okay. I had been I had been writing before, but not the book I'm working on right now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Um. <clears throat> All right, one question we haven't asked yet. Is, who's your captain? Who's my captain? <laughs> yeah, out, of, out of all the characters in science fiction who have titled, who have held the title captain, who's your favorite? Who's your favorite? And or whom whom would you follow? Who's my favorite? Who's who would I follow? That is a different question. That's oh. like well, you, can, you know. feel free. To answer both. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, I would probably, of the people I've heard called Captain that I, are in my recent memory, I'd probably put the most trust in Captain America because the other ones I wouldn't put any trust in at all. <laughs> 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 I like watching Jack Sparrow. <laughs> He's very amusing and entertaining and funny. Follow him, though. No, no. <laughs> no, not follow him, right? <laughs> no, no. But I do have um, my uh, my phone calls me, oh, Captain, my Captain, just to amuse me. <laughs> um, no. Yeah, I think that's that's what I can give. <laughs> okay. What what are the cat? So you've probably thought maybe about this question more, like I mean, what other like captains? Trek? We've got Star Wars. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Star Trek. Okay. 
I haven't watched um, very much Star Trek. <gasps> yes. <laughs> I've watched you a little bit. Get out. You just killed Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a I'm sad to say I'm a Star Wars bandwagoner. I like that. Um, so I'm weird that way. That means that uh, when the movie, when like a new movie is coming out, I get really excited. But mm-hmm. in general, I'm not like that much of a Star Wars. <laughs> I guess I'm, I don't do as much space opera. Mm-hmm. Um, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Not that I don't like it. It's just not. As not everybody can be perfect. <laughs> oh, something froze. Uh-oh. Uh oh. What, what were you saying? I said not everybody can be perfect. I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 I raised yeah. space opera, so you know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, um, what are your favorite genres to read when you're not busy writing your own? Um, I recently discovered that a lot of the books that I like to read. Um, so I write human experimentation, so I kind of like to read that kind of stuff. And I'm always looking in science fiction for that. And I love, I love reading science fiction for sure. Um, But I recently learned that most of the stories that are about human experimentation end up falling under uh, thrillers, but at a lot of bookstores, they don't have a thriller section. They put it under the mystery section. Those are two entirely different genres. I know, but that's what people do for some reason. So I realized I actually need to go to the mystery section to read a lot of the high action stuff that I would mm-hmm. consider to be science fiction. Um, yeah. Weird. See, my books kind of straddle that line as well because I deal with superheroes, but under a pol- police procedural uh, setting. So I have had a lot of difficulty figuring out where to put my books, you know, in Amazon. So I finally landed on paranormal mystery. <laughs> It fits okay. the best out of everything. So yeah. I totally understand where you're coming from. Yeah. But on the whole, science fiction, I've been trying to read a wide range of genres. I read some fantasy too. Um, actually, my list of fantasy books is almost as long as my list of science fiction books on my reading list. So <laughs> I guess uh, I guess that's still... Cough, cough, Dresden Files. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Josh and I are big proponents of the Dresden Files. <laughs> I, actually, I'm just—I'm a big proponent of Jim Butcher as an author. Um, although I hated, hated his steampunk. Um, but, but yeah, um, the Codex Solera and the Dresden Files, fantastic. Okay. Oh, cool. Well, I'm probably gonna be writing. May or may not. It's kind of. Um, my my books are kind of on the line, so I may or may not be writing a YA. Mm. Um, so oh, okay. I, if I'm going to do that, I should probably read more YA, which I enjoy probably. anyway. I enjoy that anyway. Often those books they hook you earlier and they're easier to, easier to read. So that's uh, the the House of Dark Shadows, I believe. Uh, it's a series by uh, Bob Laparulu. Okay. So. Okay. I've heard good things about his work. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. I'm actually, I'm actually kind of late to this whole science fiction party because I didn't really get into it until like 
you know, late high school, early college, and I'm only pretty recently out of college. Um, so I'm trying to get caught up on, you know, the last 50 years of <laughs> That's okay. Be- better late than never. <laughs> yeah, I understand because I, I've always been into it, like in the movies and the TV, but never started really reading it mm-hmm. until about until I really realized that that's the direction I wanted to go with my books. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's before I was more strict mystery than, than I am now. Mm-hmm. So it, it took a while, but once you get into it, it's pretty fun. So. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I've read a lot of stuff, but just like, I still, uh, still am missing a lot of references. <laughs> yeah. So will we see you at Realm Makers in St. Louis this year? That is a good question. I'm still trying to figure that out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would like to, but um, I've been to writers conferences three years in a row now um, and haven't, you know, that's a lot to invest before you ever start seeing any returns. Um, mm-hmm. It is. Before you ever get anything anywhere. So this was, this was kind of exciting because this is the first time that I, uh, this competition was the first time I submitted a story and it was like, Yes, we like this. <laughs> that was very exciting. That was a very good day. <laughs> you have a hundred percent success rate then. <laughs> on a, on competitions, yeah, I guess I do. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So. Uh, so, where uh, where can we go to find out more about you and what you're doing and? All that fun stuff. I'll keep my YouTube channel super updated. I'm the snarky physicist. That's my mm. title. So if you go to the snarky physicist, um, it's just a, it's one word, but I should, I should come up and I'm, I'm KM daily on there. And, uh, cool. I don't know. I I'm going to have to look that up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'll be, I'll be keeping that update. You know, I talk about science fiction and stuff like that. I, I do kind of different things each week in the month. Um, so I do some talking about science fiction and some stuff that once I figured out that the, my students were watching it, I started also kind of just talking about life stuff. Like, you know, um, they, they hear from a lot of people that their life is going to be getting worse. So I tell them <laughs> that their life isn't necessarily going to be downhill from, yeah, stuff like that. So it's some, some science fiction, some science, some random thoughts. Um, but you, you can be sure I'll be a, telling them about this podcast that I was here and something them over here to listen to. Yay. And a lot of them will. A lot of them will. Well, good thing that we're a pretty clean show. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, no problem. So. Um, well, awesome. So um, thank you so much for coming on the show, and thank you so much for sharing your short story with us. Mm-hmm. We, thank you. Again, we Thanks for having me. No. Yeah, it was so it was so much fun. It was. <laughs> and now I give you KM Daily reading her short story, Alien Artifact. The alarm bells of the TARDIS chimed as the console room lurched. River's diary flew from her hands. She jumped up. No, 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 the doctor shouted, fumbling with the controls. I told you, didn't I? River grabbed the blue levers to stabilize the console room. Still, it quaked violently. Always double-check the navigation circuits before entering conceptual space. It's not the navigation. We're being diverted. 
The doctor flipped a few switches, and an explosion of smoke erupted from the console. Diverted? Into a pocket universe! A jolt sent the doctor flying toward the metal rails. I'm going to land her, River shouted. The old familiar squealing of the TARDIS brakes sounded. Finally, all was still. The doctor pulled himself upright and straightened his bow tie. Scanners online. River swung the video screen to face herself. He buzzed the console with his sonic screwdriver. The TARDIS was drawn to a powerful alien thingy. Where exactly are we? Black, rocky structures surrounded them on either side, stretching up to the dark, clouded sky. Just ahead stood a crumbling stone tower, ominous spikes protruding from its ceilings and walls, and large armored men with gray, distorted features stood guard. Orcs. River's heart pounded in her chest. Why would the TARDIS have drawn her back to Middle-earth? Stay here, Doctor. I've got to handle this. She darted out of the TARDIS and nearly ran headlong into a scraggly-haired man half her height. A hobbit. He whipped out a glowing blue sword and pointed it at her chest. Who goes there? His voice trembled almost as much as his sword. River took her screwdriver out of her pocket and scanned the sword. It was alien, certainly, but not dangerous. It wouldn't have diverted the TARDIS. Who are you, lady? Sam raised the sword to her neck. Oh, put that away. You're going to hurt yourself. Name's River Song. What's yours? I... Sam Gamgee. He swallowed. You're not an orc, are you? Human. Well, more or less. Listen, Sam. Two of the orcs from the tower came running toward them. River whipped the blaster out of her pocket and shot down both of them over Sam's head. Sam cowered, dropping his sword, then whirled around, gaping at the fallen bodies. Breathing hard, he turned to face River. Can you help me? I beg your pardon? Mr. Frodo's been taken. He's in that tower. He pointed behind himself. I've got to save him. If I could just borrow your... whatever that is. His eyes were on River's blaster. She shoved it back into her pocket. What are orcs doing kidnapping hobbits? We were headed to Mount Doom to destroy this. He reached into his pocket and pulled out a chain. A familiar dull golden ring hung from the end. Oh, I see. This is my fault, she said. Your fault? Sam lowered the ring. Sauron and I, we used to date. He was planning to propose, even ordered the materials for the ring from another world. He was quite cross when I broke things off. Went a bit power crazy, to be honest. Sam stared at her for a long time, his brow quizzical. Finally, he pointed at the TARDIS. Can your blue box get us to Mount Doom? Ah, uh, River's face felt warm. I'd rather not run into Sauron, but if you're looking to destroy the ring, we've got a decaying star in the TARDIS. It should do the trick. Sam glanced from the ring in his hands to the TARDIS. You have a star in that box. Convincing the doctor to allow Sam into the TARDIS Corps was no easy matter, but it was nothing compared with dealing with Sam's outburst at the dimensional folding. It's bigger... bigger... On the inside, yes, it's very impressive. Let's get on with it, shall we? But... but how... Sam cringed in the doorway, looking back and forth from the blue exterior to the console room. You still have to save your friend, don't you? This seemed to harden Sam's resolve. His jaw set. He stepped into the console room. Lead the way, Mrs. Riversong. She'd been Dr. Song for years, but decided against correcting him. Every now and then, she checked to make sure he was still trailing behind her. He always was, though his eyes darted in all directions, and he kept his sword in his hand. Finally, they arrived at the TARDIS Power Center, the Eye of Harmony. The enormous glowing star hung suspended in midair. Sam reached again into his pocket and took out the ring. With a cry, he flung the ring into the dying star. For just a moment, the star flashed a more brilliant shade of orange. That's it? Sam said. It's over? It's over. His face broke out into a grin. Mrs. Riversong, how can I ever repay you? 
Repay me? That ring was a great source of power. It'll save us a fuel stop. Consider us even. I've got to save Mr. Frodo, Sam said, but maybe we'll meet again someday? We'll see, River said. It's one thing to be diverted by an alien artifact, but as a general rule, one does not simply land a TARDIS in Mordor. The orc snarled as he raised his sword. Frodo struggled against his bonds, but to no avail. This was it. This was the end. The orc stopped short, shouting, as the tip of a glowing blue sword jabbed through its chest. Sam! Frodo cried. The orc dropped. Sam smiled down at Frodo. Guilt weighed upon Frodo's chest. Oh, Sam, I'm so sorry. Let's get you out of here. Sam took hold of the ropes, binding Frodo's hands. It's too late. Frodo sat up. It's over. They've taken it. Sam. He stared intently into Sam's eyes. They took the ring. Sam took a deep breath. We need to talk. This has been another episode of Lasers, Dragons, and Keyboards. Have a question or comment? Email us at lasersdragonskeyboards at gmail.com or send us a tweet at ldkpodcast. Our music is Flight of the Beast, Loop 1 by Jonathan Gear. Lasers, Dragons, and Keyboards is copyrighted under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. This means if you're not for profit and you want to quote us, please be sure that you cite us. If you are for profit, please get our permission first. You can find us at lasersdragonsandkeyboards.wordpress.com for detailed show notes, as well as on facebook.com. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you next time. May the odds be ever in your favor.